Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome. I'm Rabbi David Lyon from Congregation Beth Israel in Houston. It isn't too late to get out there and continue your gift buying at this holiday season. And even though Hanukkah is gone for the year and Christmas is just beginning, it doesn't mean that there aren't still gifts to buy and extend to our family and friends. The holiday seems to take on new meaning this year because we've been in lockdown for so long, and last year we really couldn't gather comfortably the way we wanted to. Why not spend a little more time with the holidays, a little extra effort giving gifts? But what do we give this year? The list might be longer than last year without the ability last year to do it the way that we wanted to, but it still raises the same question. What should I give to my spouse or partner? What should the children receive, my grandchildren too? Is there something I need to give to myself that I've delayed enjoying? The list might grow long, and as prices are up and people are still getting back to work, perhaps even struggling, it might be that some of the gifts we want to get may have to be postponed a little longer. But there might be gifts that we can give that are priceless and don't have to wait for any delivery or any special season or time, except that at this season it might be the most perfect gift to give. It doesn't have to be wrapped, and it doesn't need a bow, but it ne does need to be expressed. What I'm talking about are priceless gifts <clears throat> that many family and friends are desperate to receive from us because of the extended absence that we've all experienced, the loneliness or the disconnectedness that the pandemic caused all of us to know. The priceless gifts are these, the gift of listening, the gift of unconditional love, the gift of helping and serving. I don't mean to sound altruistic or pie in the sky or too idealistic or even overly religious. But I do know from listening to people the way I do in my role and hearing from others in their own respective roles, there is an urgent and dire need to feel connected again. There's a wonderful teaching in the Torah and in rabbinic literature. It comes from the book of Leviticus in an obscure place that talks about animal sacrifices and the gifts that we bring to God. I know it sounds so odd today, but let me unpack it for you to explain that in ancient times when individuals brought their offerings to God, those offerings of animals and other items needed to be the very best that they had, in fact, perfect. We read in Leviticus chapter 9, verses 1 through 3 and 6, these words. On the eighth day, Moses called Aaron and his sons and the elders of Israel. He said to Aaron, Take a calf of the herd for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering without blemish and bring them before the Lord. Moses said, This is what the Lord has commanded that you do, that the presence of the Lord may appear to you. In all those words, only two stand out for our purpose. The burnt offering, the animal that was 
to be brought to God was to be without blemish. That is, the animal, the sacrifice that was brought was meant to be perfect. God would accept nothing less. I think it sounds rational to us, reasonable if we bring something to God. It shouldn't be the least of what we have, but rather the best of what we have. But a midrash, a rabbinic interpretation, unpacked this further. Rabbi Abba ben Yudin said, All that God has declared to be unclean in animals that is unusable, that broken animal that has a wen or a mar or a bruise, something unperfect, is pronounced desirable in men. I'll say it again. All that God has declared to be unclean in animals, he has pronounced desirable in men. And the word desirable here is the word kosher. Kosher doesn't mean anything but fit, fit to be used, fit to be eaten. Something that's kosher is fit. And so it goes on to say, in animals God has declared blind or broken or maimed or having a wen to be unserviceable. But in men he has declared the broken and crushed heart to be desirable. You see, the person who brought the sacrifice to God was himself broken, sinful, needing to overcome some brokenness in order to be whole again. God accepted the offering which needed to be perfect, an expression of the person's hopefulness and prayer and outreach to God. But the person himself was always acceptable to God. The person wasn't perfect. The person was broken and in need of healing. Rabbi Alexandri goes on to say, if a private person uses broken vessels, it is a disgrace to him. Imagine if guests were coming, some, maybe your boss was coming to your home for dinner. Would you bring out paper plates or broken china or the chipped dishes? Our effort, even if it wasn't the finest, was to bring out the finest, the very best that we had to offer a distinguished guest in our home. And so Rabbi Alexandri said, if a private person uses broken vessels, it is a disgrace to him. But God uses broken vessels as it is said in Psalm 34. They cry out, and the Lord hears and saves them from all their troubles. So you see, God uses broken vessels. We, you, I, are the broken vessels. We can approach God long before we are ever perfect, long before we even feel whole, and to say, I'm bringing the very best that I can. Now, when the temple was destroyed in the year 70 by the Romans, prayer replaced sacrifice. So even to this day, our prayer, said as well as we can, is our best offering before God. It's why we dress up for for worship. It's why we stand and speak properly in a house of worship. And we don't lean on the pew or come unprepared. We try to give our best. Now, today we do come as we are, and we aim to make every house of worship a welcome place. But what we do there is filled with holiness, sanctity, formality, to demonstrate that we're not just standing at the counter to turn in our cleaning. We're actually in a house of worship prepared to offer our prayer to God. Our prayer should be as whole and as well-spoken as we can make it. Even our silent prayer should be sincere, even if the words aren't poetic. God hears our prayers. God welcomes the broken and crushed in spirit. 
God uses men who are unserviceable to make men and women alike as whole as possible. So we take a cue from all of this to understand that if in relationship to our children, our grandchildren, or to others, we can play a role that demonstrates that we are leaders and role models, exemplars of the very best that we can be, then we, not to be God, but to take a cue from God's role in our life, can give a gift to our family that is certainly priceless. What is the gift then? It's to say, I love you unconditionally. You may have transgressed, you may have failed, you may be stumbling, but I am with you. It doesn't mean that we can fix them. It doesn't mean that we can give them everything they need in order to be whole. But we can give them unconditional love to say that you are, in my eyes and in my heart, a person capable of being loved, a person who can be enjoyed. That is a unique gift to a person who may be turned away from everybody else or turned out from every shop or store or restaurant, even in a potential employer. But to come home to our company and to feel welcomed and loved and embraced can transform a person's despair into a sliver of hope that might send them out the next day, eager to try all over again. What's more, the gift of listening. There's nothing more profound than the ability to listen, because all of us have the need, a hunger, to be heard. I shared recently with others that during the pandemic, I too was working from home when I couldn't get to my office or out to see people like I ordinarily do. And in those moments of isolation and some loneliness, I would feel despair. I would feel very uncomfortable as it goes against my nature to sit alone and work all day without connecting with many other people. And I would step back from my work from time to time and feel a little dislocated from it. And when I did, I would either take a walk outside or even visit with my wife and tell her how it made me feel. She, in her wisdom, didn't aim to fix me or tell me what to do or how I could make things better. She listened, and I appreciated deeply that I felt heard, validated, and acknowledged. It enabled me to feel that what I was feeling was okay, even if it didn't feel comfortable, and that I would persist, I would get through it, and maybe I would even feel differently very soon. To feel heard enables us to know that we are not alone and that our feelings are not silly or insincere. And even if somebody can fix them, we know that they are something that we can address sooner than later. That ability to let somebody know that you're listening is often reflected in the relationship between parents and children and very often between grandparents and their grandchildren. Whereas parents might be busy or even distracted, grandparents have this extraordinary ability to make a grandchild sit in his or her presence and feel like they are the only ones in the world. I've heard so many stories about grandparents who listen to their grandchildren undistracted, uninterrupted by anything else on their minds or in the world around them. And the grandchildren felt so enriched, so lifted up, because they felt so loved and heard by someone who was not their parent, who was ordinarily in a position to judge or critique, but by a grandparent who loved unconditionally. And when we develop this muscle memory 
to love unconditionally and to listen well, we also can act by helping and serving on a very regular and daily basis. Perhaps over this holiday season, we might find a volunteer opportunity in the city in which we live to give a little, to listen a little bit, to love a little bit more. It doesn't mean to be a saint and certainly not to be God, but maybe a little more human to find within us the ability and the capacity to give more than we've ever given before. The abundance we enjoy and the privileges we have shouldn't be reasons we don't give, but they can help us find perspective that this holiday season also demands. So how can the spirit of the holiday season, from darkness to light, from despair to hope, extend beyond the season? How can a heart made warm continue to radiate warmth and light. I'm Rabbi David Lyon from Congregation Beth Israel in Houston. To listen again or to share this message, please find it at my podcast. It's called Heart to Heart with Rabbi David Lyon. You can find it at sunny99.com or on the iHeartRadio app. I'm so insistent at this season that all we grow to become and all that we celebrate and feel should go well beyond us into the new year, too. What part of it, what essential piece of all that we've experienced and shared with others will we take into the new year? And I would urge you, even as the new year begins and memories of the holiday season begin to fade, don't be the one who says only at Christmas, only at Hanukkah, only in December do we rise up to make such a positive difference. I'd like you to be, even as I aim to be, a person who develops this muscle memory to listen, to give, and to love, and to take it with us into the new year, to do again and again. And when next year arrives, God willing, it will for all of us, then we'll be even that much more prepared to do it all over again, or to develop even stronger muscles to give, to listen, and to love. The difference that it makes, it's unbelievable. And I know that if it begins in your family, between you and even one person who needs to be loved a little more, heard unconditionally, and be given a little bit of what he or she needs, the difference can be profound. We say that we often pay it forward. I think that we do. It's not our goal or expectation except to make a difference in the relationship that is right in front of us with the person who needs us the very most. What we're doing is creating a ripple effect in the world around us. And where it goes is not really our concern, but just that it goes and that we were part of originating that new trend of energy along a line towards greater hopefulness, greater joy, greater love, and greater peace. To be heard, to be loved unconditionally, and to be given a little bit of what we need can make such a profound impact. I hope that you'll begin this season too and share this message and this lesson with others so that you can be a role model for many who are touched by your life. Thank you for joining me. I look forward to being with you again next time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.